2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 6 is our core verse for tonight. Now just before we start with the sermon, to give a recap of the month, because in the start of January we decided let's start an English service at night. See, even the babies are crying in English. It's, um... <laughs> so we started this English service with a certain, certain knowledge that God is telling us do this. But now the knowledge we don't have is how will this work, Lord? You're telling us, and we believe and trust in you to provide because this is our theme, but how is this going to work? And in my mindset, I'm, okay, Lord, as a musician, and it's difficult to say this, we're going to video worship most probably because getting a band for Sunday night's difficult. Volunteers are going to struggle. Uh, Lord, it's, I've got these ideas, but sure, now. Nah? So let's start small, Lord. Let's start slowly. And... This is the wonderful thing about provision. God teaches us how he provides in the walk you walk. So I just want to thank God for, for him providing. Because as, I, as of I'm speaking now, we've got 15 volunteers we're going to invest in next week. We're going to start looking what the gifts is, where they can serve. 15 in a month. It's, it blows my mind. We've got three of two and a half sound engineers which is amazing. Yeah, Marzen, you're the half, so you just have to commit fully. I want to see your name with a V on there. We've got, which is a miracle. Finding a sound engineer is unbelievable. I, I was trusting God in, in live streaming later in the year, but this Sunday we started to struggle with it, which is wonderful, so we're growing in it. See, the whole tech team is up there, which is wonderful. I'm glad, I'm excited. There's, and especially the band. I'm a musician, a band is, and I, and I trusted God in providing a band one day, but people started standing up. People started saying, you know what, I want, yes, I want to. And then also I asked God, God, listen, I do not want to be a cover band. We don't want to be a Hillsong or a Bethel cover band. We don't want you to provide us just with musicians, but we want musicians with a heart for doing original, praise and worshiping God in a Namibian way. And until last week, I was struggling with a song, and I said, Lord, you seriously need to provide, because I have no idea what I'm going to do now. And one afternoon, when my kids were swimming, I was sitting with the Bible, remembering the first verse we had at the first English service, Psalm 63. I opened it up, and I worshipped on that song. And we'll worship together on it tonight, because we believe when God says He provides, He provides in His fullest. This is why 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 6 is so amazing. Because God has provided me out of my socks this month. It is unbelievable how God is just, not just giving opportunities, not just giving people with a servant heart, but giving time and energy to do all these things that need to be done. So 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 and 6, and I, we're going to put the Amplified up there. You know, I'm a, a ESV guy, but... I want you to page to that. Remember, at the English service, we like it when people bring their Bibles. We like it when people turn their Bibles because it just sounds better than the app. And even me, a millennial, is saying this. Sorry, that was a very African English I just did there. So, in this week, just a little ad break, somebody told me also a... a a very big Land Rover enthusiast, he told me, you know, but the thing about Christianity is not being perfect, but it's the ability and the humility to repent when you're not. 
um, which is just a wonderful like side note for you that has nothing to do with nothing, or everything to do with everything. But I'm excited. So 2 Corinthians 8 of 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 6. You see it on the board in the Amplified. For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh. And using the weapons of man, the weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. That's strong. Being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. Now, you ask yourself, but our theme is provision. Now, what is warfare and what a battle is against to do with it? So the first thing you have to remember, God provides you with the ability to win the battle. That's, that verse is telling you that you have the ability and it's given by God. But now the important thing is, and the focus for tonight is, God providing the timing for it and the time for it. The ultimate currency. You can go to America, buy with American dollars. You can go to Britain, pounds. Europe, euros. But at the end of it all, time is the ultimate currency. Time is how you win your battles. Spending the right time, amount of time in preparation, spending the right amount of time in prayer, spending the right amount of time in ministry, serving, you name it, we need time. And what God says, I'm giving you the ability, I'm providing you with the ability to win. It's not in yourself. We see this in 2 Corinthians. So I'm reading this, and I'm seeing what the Lord has done just in the month of January, and I'm, God, I know there's a battle ahead and I'm not just referring to Ukraine and Russia and NATO chasing each other around. I know there's a big spiritual battle that we need to fight. So we need to understand what have you given us. Because if we miss certain things, we will miss everything. And if we miss that God is giving you the time, if we miss that God has put you and is busy putting you in a battle to win, you have, we have to start thinking, trusting, understanding differently. So what I was asking God is, okay, God, I see you want to say you, you are over time and you're all-powerful and you provide us with the ability to win. But Lord, if you're saying you're providing me with the ability to win and I need to trust in this, does this mean I am losing? Who of you felt like losing the past two years? Some of us, most of us. I didn't feel like a winner in 2020, at the end of 2020, I sat there, somebody being in full-time ministry, and asked myself the question, how many people have I led to the Lord? How many people have I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with, personally? And then, you'd hear the crickets, like, oh, maybe one or two. But Lord, I did YouTube videos. Yeah, but Rias, that's not how it works. So I felt like, oh, Lord, I'm losing. Which God says, don't make this push you down. It's a challenge accepted scenario because God says in him is the ability to win. So in him is the ability to overcome what you have struggled with. To repent and say, Lord, here I am. Help me. 
So after I ask God, so if you're giving me the ability to win, then does this mean I'm losing? But then also, God, because I, I've, I kind of see where you're going, does this mean I'm losing time somewhere? Now, this is important. If we say God is almighty, he's the Lord of all, and he should have all the power, all the might over your time, ask yourself, where am I losing time? Because in a battle, in a war, a lot of soldiers will tell you timing is everything, and a punchline as well. Stand-up comics will tell you timing is everything. So, Lord, if I'm looking at this war that's lying ahead or that I'm in, am, where am I losing time? Where am I spending time where I should not? Where am I not resting where I should? Where have you provided me with time where I've taken it for granted, not seeing that the ability to have more time than my enemy has caused me a very, very big advantage. But we miss that sometimes. God works in time, through time. If we see it with the Israelites. So if we're looking at this battle, we're looking at how God works, what he's doing, what he's busy with. There's four different factors I want you to try and remember. And we're going to have Psalm 31 help us. But fighting the battle, trusting in God's provision, understanding that time is a commodity, a currency, and that you have the spiritual ability to multiply the time. Do you believe that tonight? Albert Rea's time is time. A second is a second. I take your attention to an 18-year-old boy. Two scenarios. The one is busy writing exams. The other is deeply looking into the eyes of a loved one, not his parents, <laughs> into a beautiful young lady. Do you think time for him moves the same in those two scenarios? No, no, no. Any teenager can tell you. When it's a good time, it goes like, Woof! When it's a bad time and it's a hard time, it goes slowly. We've all felt that. Now, this is a physical way and where, where your mind just experiences things differently, so you're not affecting time, but we serve a supernatural spiritual God. Where he says that I'm going to give you time which you cannot measure on worldly standards. Even if it's a worldly hour, I will multiply this hour until I know you are prepared to win the battle, until you have the ability to win the battle. Focus on God's timing, because you would say five minutes is not enough, Lord. And God says in five minutes, I can create a lot. In a word, I can create universes. So how do you think, or what do you think I can do with a little bit of your time? So it's time to start trusting in him. Now, the fact is, we've got why, when, where, and what. Not how. And I'll get to why, not how. Because we get stuck on the how a lot. Especially in ministry, how are we going to? We'll get there. So... When speaking about winning the battle, when speaking about trusting in God's provision, why, 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 Lord? It's, that's easy. We want to win. We want to see people reach for God. And with everything in your life, go test it. Start with why. The clever guys who write books and stuff, a guy like Simon Sinek wrote a book about start with why. Always start with why. When you say, I want to 
understand this ability God has given me to win the battle, ask yourself, why? Why should I? Why will I? Why am I in this battle? Why do I want to win? Why do I want God to win through me? That answer should be easy because there are people who are lost in the world. People who are crying out, who are brought down by addictions, brought down by hate, brought down by the absence of love. So this is the why. So when you go to the when, this is wonderful because we, well, if you go to the when, the where, and the what, this is creation. We've got the why, Jesus Christ. This is why we're fighting the battle. This is why we'll win, because of what Jesus done. Now we've got space, time, and matter. You've probably seen the video before. But the when, the where, and the what was when God created. So he said, in the beginning, the when, God's Spirit was floating over the where, and the what was he created life. Time, space, and matter, he created it. So when we say when, where, and what, and you're looking at your battles, you're looking at the adversaries, you're looking at the Goliaths, you're looking at how to manage your day, you're looking at how to raise your children, you're looking at how to face your addictions, you're looking at everything. You're looking at why am I here, Lord? Why should I stand firm in your provisions? You're looking at when should I do what, Lord? Because remember, the ultimate tactician is God, because he has been, he is and he will be. He knows what's going to happen. If you trust in him, you'll know exactly when. If you know where, and you focus on God, but where should you use me? Where will you use me? Where should I go to? It helps you save a lot of energy because you know why you should do something. You know when you should do something, but now you're screaming out, Jesus loves you! Jesus loves you! You've Got someone farther. Be quiet. We see it a lot when people have the why and they're passionate about it. They have the when. Now, God is calling me now, but we're struggling with where. Knowing God's timing, knowing where He wants you to do something. And that where is important. Because if God is sending you to Nineveh, stop climbing in a boat or hiding in a fish. And if we say what, this is the biggest question for us. What, Lord? What is my purpose? What am I doing here? What is it you want me to do, Lord? Now, this may be kind of, yes, where are you going? This is confusing. Stop quickly. You're speaking about warfare. You're speaking about time. You're speaking about factors. And uh, and you're speaking English, which is... This is exactly the thing the enemy wants to come start and do. He has taken us from a generation of Pauls and Peters and Stevens, of Jameses. People who knew that my why is the death and life of Jesus Christ. My when is now and every breath that I take. My where is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. My what is being a witness of Jesus Christ. We've gone from there to show Jesus, and I want to feel good, so please forgive me, but this is not how battles are won. And this is why the how should be kicked out, because we start at how. Someone who's passionate, someone who's, dri- who's driven, someone who's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs about something, does not need a how. You most probably tell him, stop with all 
the stuff. Focus on one thing because he's got so many ideas. The passion and the why, when, where, what is driving him to do the will of God. This is why you found people in the beginning of the Bible or in the beginning of the New Testament that were unstoppable. They were literally locked up for preaching the gospel in the temple. Why did they do this? Because Jesus. When did they do this? When they were being persecuted or when Jesus was just crucified. Where? At the temple. And what were they doing? Spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. What happened? Locked up. Now this is the thing about God's timing and God's will. Do you think that their circumstances dictated them? Or do you think the will of God dictated them? Because if the circumstances did, I'm locked up because of where I was, when I was, and why I was. So this means my why, when, where, and what should change. This happens a lot. God, it didn't work out. So now all these things should change. It's not supposed to be like that. Those things are supposed to dictate what we're busy with. So they said, Jesus died for our sins. That's our why. We need to spread the gospel. When God said, we do it now, where? At the temple, what? Preach the gospel. So what did they do? When the gates opened, they returned to where they were caught. This is not normal, logical, 2022 thinking. And we see it where the early Christians gave their lives. A person who was being stoned does not naturally say, Lord, forgive them. But a person who understands that it's all about what Jesus wants, His provision and His timing. About God's time, God's space, and God, God's matter and what He will create out of it. They live differently. So Psalm 31 verse 14 to 16 says it wonderfully. And you can page to it. I almost forgot to page to it. Ask. I'm sorry. So if you go to Psalm 31 verse 14. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. That's my why. God is God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Now, why I'm reading this verse is that David, a lot of the times when he writes the Psalms, he focused, not selfishly, but he focused on, his, on himself. This is where I am, Lord. This is where I'm finding myself. Lord, help me. Lord, I'm crying out. Lord, I worship you. Lord, my enemies are, and Lord, you are, Lord, me. Now, David opens his heart to us because this is important. Daily, we're struggling with this, but he does clever things with it. Because he's saying that the why is because I trust in God. You'll see it there, but I trust in you, O Lord. That's my why, trusting in God. That's the important, well, the only part actually you need. My times, my when is in your hand. So I know that wherever you send me or whenever you send me, this is in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Where am I? I'm in the hand of my enemies, Lord. Rescue me from my way. And then what? Make your face shine on your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. So we need to stop defining the battle in a finite mindset. 
but we need to start defining our, the battle infinitely. Because we as humans are finite, this, we're temporary, we're stuck in this time, we're stuck in what's in front of us, we're stuck in having circumstances and what they provide to find where we're moving. We need to change that. A very good example or practical illustration of this is when God promises you a million dollars. Anybody have happened that before or not? Just want to see where I can send. It's like oh, tithing is a thing, no? Um, but say, for instance, you're praying, Lord, I pray for your provision. Lord, this battle is difficult and I'm struggling financially, Lord. I need your provision to know that my family are fed, that my business is sorted so that I can do this. And I, I believe you and I trust in you for this provision. And God drops prophetically in your life and said, Rias, I'm going to give you a million dollars in America, not Namibian. We know the exchange rate is difficult. I'm going to give you a million dollars. And I'm like, Lord, you are the provider. Start singing the blessing. And it's, oh, wow, the presence. Now, what we do is measuring this or defining this with the finite head, the temporal, it's human time, is we say, tomorrow, I'm going to my internet banking. Oh, Lord, there's a minus there, no? The next day... And the next day, at the end of the month, somebody blesses you with, say, for instance, 15,000. I said, wow, Lord, this 15,000 is, shoo. And in your head, you're like, Lord, is this a precursor to the million? Now, what God is doing, or may be doing, is saying that, listen, in the next 40 years of your life, I have measured that life and what you are going to do. And in that 40 years, I will give you this 1 million American dollars. Because that's what you need for this next 40 years to win the battle. That is what you need. Now what we see is and what we hear is, Lord, immediately now, this is what's going to happen. So we miss thinking about the now. Not our now. Because we all know. No, in nano, in Namibian language is not now. And it's not, also not just now, it's later. My son always calls me on this. No means no. That betekent no, Papa. No, no, betekent no. But God works differently. So we should stop focusing on the temporary, the finite, and start seeing God and His provision in the eternity to win these battles, to fight this war, to make the change there. So in 2 Peter 3 verse 8 to 9, you can turn to that. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing, to, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. This hit me. Because I understand that God's timing, but now... God's provision should be about me being patient towards God. For This is how usually you hear it. But he asked, be patient. If God has promised this in your life, that he will provide at this time, be patient. But God says, the, the word of God says, that he's patient towards us. And he's not slow about his promise. 
but is patient towards you. Not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God knows we're people. God knows that if we should we understand victory, and if we understand provision, we need to start understanding how his time works. And that when he promises something, when he provides something, that being maybe money, or that may be food, that may be patience, grace, purpose, you name it, that God is patient towards you because it's about the repentance. It's about you growing strong, being able to understand, work, live, Move powerfully in the provision that God has given you. It's not about us being patient if God says something. I think Gaz can relate to this because if I understand it right, revival was promised 30 years ago, or I'm not sure. And when you're seeing God is patient with us, I'm saying, Lord, if you're telling me revival is coming, and 30 years later revival comes, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I want revival when I'm still like a fix, when I'm jumping around. When I, it's, that's when I want revival. But God said, yes, I'll be patient with you because I see that you still need to understand, need to grow, and need to work this, what I have provided with you. You need to understand the why. You need to understand the when, the where, the what. It's so many things that you only see with your human eyes. He takes his time with you for you. We cannot lose our, lose our focus with this. Because we're trusting God in a lot of things. We're trusting God in providing supernaturally. Providing people to stand up out of fear and to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Doesn't matter what the world says, but that people will start rising up and saying, there is a war to be fought, but there is victory in this war. And it's Amazing. Leo Tolstoy, he said the most, two most powerful warriors are patience and time. The two most powerful warriors are patience and time. Now, firstly, I, I thought when I googled Leo Tolstoy, I thought it would be like the first book I saw would be some kind of battle book, but it was Anna Karenina, which I understand it is a love story. Like, I, okay, not the best. But then I saw he also wrote War and Peace. But then I also saw he grew up in Russia. And then I also saw in, in his bio, he was a Christian. And then it, it made me think about what God had given him. And not judging his life. I don't know the guy personally. I, it's a little bit after my time. Before, oh, before, I'm sorry, English. I don't know him. I know some of his story. But when I saw these words, it struck me. Then I thought about it. He never wrote this or any book thinking about many years from then, some random guy in Namibia is going to quote something he said. It was in his time. He was busy writing different stories. He was busy with different things. But God knew that there's a certain truth that needs to be unlocked in a certain person's life. And when me 
praying how God should guide us through the battle and the war and what's going to happen through the year, these two words drop, patience and time, patience and time. Looking at 2 Peter, I understand that God is busy using me without me always knowing that he is using me. God is busy changing lives without any of us ever having to do something directly. God is busy with mighty deeds all by himself because he's God. And I have to remember this. I have to remember how small I am to understand how big the work is he's going to do in my life. Because if it's the other way around, if I understand that time is for me and the battle is for me and about me and I am big, then I can guarantee you the work you'll do is, will be small. But if you understand how little you are, how small you are, but that God loves you so much and wants to spend so much time with you, wants to give you that why, give you that when, give you that where, give you the what, so that you may do big things because of he who lives in us. So I want to end off with that, that we should always remember that God is the God who provides everything. And that which he not provides, you have, it should not be yours. And hear me carefully. There are a lot of things in the world that God has not provided us with, so we should leave that alone. And most probably you can have a list of a hundred or a thousand of these things. What we need to do is start focusing on his why, on his when, his where, and his what. What he has given us and constantly focusing on it. Not just money, not just energy or grace or patience, but a massive thing like time. Because in that we know there will be victory. In him we know there will be victory. In us becoming humble, in us becoming less, understanding that when God gives us something, he's patient with us. When God looks at our lives, he said, you are, you are loved, but also there's work to be done. You can really understand how the tables start changing in the world. Because this is how the early Christians functioned. The more bad stuff that was done towards them, the bigger the faith grew. The less they became as people, the more people started following. The more they were martyred, thrown in gladiator pits with lions, the more they were chased out of a city, the more they were persecuted, the more passionate they were, the more they started changing the world, the more people started joining the movement. And we have to start understanding that this is God's provision. Granting us the ability to win the battle. Granting us the time to prepare, the time to pray. The time to say, Lord, here am I. So what I want you to do is, we're going to give a, a few moments to focus on him. Spend time with him. This is where you sit. The one place you have with no distractions. And I want you to really, really focus on him. His provision. Look at your time. Look at your week. Look at your battles. Say, Lord, here they are. And when we go into worship, there's this one line. I'm going to be full of the God who provides.
I'm going to be full of the God who provides. Focus on that. I'm, God, I'm going to be full of you because if I'm full of you, big things will happen. Then we can say to anything in the world, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Then we can say there will be mighty deeds. We can say we'll do abundantly more. We can say giants fall, mountains move. So I want you to close your eyes and just in this silence and, and with a little background music we're going to play now, just spend some time with him.